Thank you so much for coming out this evening. We know that there are many places you could have chosen to go and find the evening. And we are truly grateful that you chose the, that place to be here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm Bruce, and I'm joined by, well, you all know him as father-to-be, Nolan. Nolan, what's up, man, and how close are you? Wow, well, first off, good morning, Bruce, and we are under a month away. Wow. It is crazy. Oh, man, that is, that's so awesome. Y'all are being um, such champs. Y'all are just powering through. Y'all are so excited. We're so excited. Yeah, and, it's just a um, waiting game now. I know, and hopefully the audience is excited to have um, Jude join in on the podcast. Well, they better be. And, uh, you know, another thing that I was excited about was your bachelor party. And uh, we had a great time in Asheville this past weekend. Oh, yes, we did. And we didn't do any sort of recording from up there because we were too busy living life. Yes. And um, although several people, several of our friends kept asking for us to do it, but um, they just wanted no. to be on the pod. That was it. Yeah. It was just selfish yeah. reasons. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. We did um, actually follow along a little bit to we the did. sets, and they played, I believe we have a. A threefer, a threefer to talk about today, and it started out in Lake Tahoe Friday when we arrived in Asheville, actually. Um, and this was another one of the Sirius XM shows. And Nolan, what did they do out in Harvey's Lake Tahoe at the outdoor arena there? Well, they did a lot, and uh, they did a lot in front of a sold-out crowd. I think this was a top ten show of the tour. Uh, some very unique stuff in this one, and you know what? It was the forty-first show of the tour. So what do they do? They open with forty-one. I love that. I love when they pay attention to stuff like that. Absolutely, Uh, they've done that a time or two, even this year. And it's not always, but it is always a little treat every time. You know, when Dave or someone acknowledges something like that, and I believe that kind of teases for something a little later in the show that you would like for them to acknowledge maybe next year. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> sweet 41 opener and a perfect start with 41, you never know. And yeah. just you've got Lionheart Graves. Grace is gone in there. And the first real you know, kicker to the face is this anyone seeing the bridge into fly like an eagle. Yeah. That's kind of unique. Yeah, never been done before. And... You know, I don't know the stats, which I probably should, but I'm not sure Bridge has gone into a cover song before. Do you know? I I tried to look it up, but I wasn't exactly sure. So we'll just say this the first time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because of that, we want to play just, I guess, this transition here from anyone seeing the bridge. Too much fake, I believe, in there and then fly like an eagle. So enjoy.
good stuff and i believe when all of this was unfolding we were going back and forth checking a little bit um when we were in Asheville, we were at one world brewing little basement brewery if you're ever there check it out it's a great oh, yeah. spot but yeah now they have uh crash crash is back crash has not been played much this summer only the seventh of the tour and just to compare you and me has been played 17 times, or had been played 17 times up until this show. So, seems like that song has kind of taken the place of Crash. Yeah, um, you know, I've thought about that as well. And, you know, we've talked about that before. But, you know, I understand it's newer and the crowd does go nuts for it. Yeah. But there's still nothing quite like the crowd pop for Crash. And yeah. as you decided that Crash would open this episode you also made the astute point that it would be a great opener for a show. Mm-hmm. And I agree. The crowd would go bananas. Um, and I think they should do it. So, yeah, they probably will now that we gave it the Gray Street Pod bump. And oh, another yeah. song that I think was played because of us, because we've talked about it literally all tour, is Rhyme and Reason, which made it tour, made its tour debut here yeah. out in um, Nevada. I don't know where the hell this song has been. But <laughs> finally, we talked about it with the gorge too. We we're like, surely it'll be played over three days at the gorge. But yeah, no. And this, I don't know. This is a song that is usually in the rotation. Uh, so just kind of odd to see it debut this late in the tour. I know. And it wasn't the best of debuts. It was just kind of weird. It didn't. The intro wasn't great. And like, I don't know if it was Dave playing it weird or if it was uh, Tim almost seemed like there was a whole lot of palm muting from Dave, which there is, but it seemed like it was just, it just sounded weird. It didn't sound great. And Tim was really loud and really prominent using, um, I don't know if I'd say he was using any new effects per se, but it just wasn't, it wasn't pleasing to the ear as much. But nevertheless, it's good to see it back. And I hope they play it again because I think they'll get better at it. But it was just a little too fast and weird that time. I don't, I don't know. But the more they play things, it tends to be, uh, tends to get better. Um, and better they got here at the end of the show with a last stop into Watchtower Closer, which is awesome. And it's segued by a Stefan solo, which includes one of Nolan's favorite songs, Black Bird.
that's my wife's favorite Beatles song. And oh, Fonz, his uh, his solos in front of Watchtower as of late have been pretty interesting. Truncated last stop, segueing into <laughs> uh, the Fonz solo is pretty cool. This will probably pop up here a little later in the show too. But I think Watchtower has been their best song of the tour, killing it every single time. And the stairway interpolation, they they nail it and. Dave's voice sounds great on it. Yeah, he's, um, they have really honed that one in, and that might be, that might be the tour MVP when it all comes down to it. We'll see, but, um, yeah, they've been killing it, and they killed it in the encore as well with a nice YM Don't Drink the Water closer, which is always cool to see changing up the closers. I think I've seen a Don't Drink closer at some point, and it's a pretty cool way to end the show. Yeah, man. I would have been super happy at this show. Uh, really cool Agreed. stuff. And uh, might add, Dave looked pretty uh, pretty sharp, rocking the uh, gray suit up on stage. Oh, yes. That was awesome. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good choice for him. And, you know, as I said, YM was in the encore there. They shuffled on up to Sacramento. They're... I, one of the first times, it's not the first time they've ever been to Sacramento. I'm not really sure. Someone checked me on that. And they threw YM in the Encore down in Lake Tahoe, and they opened with it here in Sacramento. Um, and it was obviously a tribute to Leroy. Happy would have been 58th birthday there for the Grugrux King. Absolutely. And, yeah, this is their first time playing at the Golden One Credit Union Center. Wow. So... Happy late 58th to the great Leroy Moore. That's a nice uh, nice tribute to the Grugrux King. Yeah, YAM and Bartender to start the show. And uh, Dave opens, you know, he says, today is a particularly good day for us. And then he said, let's try to have a good time for all of us that are here this evening and all of us that cannot be here this evening, which is pretty cool of Dave. And I'm, you know, obviously YAM, is Roy's song, and I believe Bartender was one of his favorites and opened mm. the show the night that he uh, passed away, obviously. but Oh, gosh. That's the best bartender I've ever heard, by the way. Yes, it still is, um, and I'm really glad we have a official release of it. It's pretty cool. But a yeah. pretty standard show up in Sacramento. I mean, you get a you know pretty cool warehouse. The intros here have just been unbelievable lately. Dark. They build to this nice explosive... Um, peak and just, I, I mean, the warehouse intros over the last year or so have been absurdly good. Yeah. Um, Drunken Soldier, Nolan, thank goodness, another Away From The World tune. Yeah, sticking around, and uh, I'd like to see a few more Away From The World songs come back. Um, Snow Outside, Belly Belly Nice, Broken Things, jeez, where are you yeah. guys? <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I was thinking there for a while, where was typical situation? And it came back in Sacramento yes. after being gone for a while. I don't know yeah. what was going on there. Um, but this nice to see it back. Maybe their second best song of the tour. They've been killing yeah. typical as well. Yeah, I don't know, you know what the deal is there, but good to see it back. I'd like to see the Stone return again mm-hmm. before the end of the tour, and that's gone yet again. Better. Uh, yeah. The rest of the show is uh, pretty, well, just, it was a show, um, so I think we can move on to San Francisco. Oh, no, no, no. At the, 
No, oh, no we can't we can't ignore the run toward the end of Shake God. Me, Come Tomorrow, Cornbread, Can't Stop, Space Between. Um, just I, throwing I think it out there. People would describe that as an all timer. Hmm. I'm just saying, if you line up the sets between Lake Tahoe and Sacramento, uh, one is much better than the other on paper. I would tend I would tend to agree there. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. but now now we must move on to the Chase Center, home of the Warriors, not the uh, world champion Warriors for the first time in it seems like a decade. Yeah, it is the Warriors' new home. Goodbye, Oracle. They are in the Chase Center now. And, you know, this was only the second event to take place uh, in the new arena. Oh, and wow. DMB was sandwiched between Metallica with the San Francisco Symphony and Eric Clapton. <laughs> wow, that is, those are three different acts there. Very different, yeah. And when I saw Clapton was the next show the next night, I was like, oh my God, can you imagine if Clapton had guested with DMB? And then I was wondering, what song would you want to see Eric freaking Clapton guest on with the Dave Matthews band? Hmm. Honestly, probably a, like a Lion Our Graves 41 <sighs> Maybe a Jimmy thing, you know, something like that where there's um, ample room for him to just, oh man, just secrete greatness all over the stage. Yeah, I was actually thinking Graves as well, or something like Sugar Will. Ooh! He could rip that one, but I'm glad we both said Graves because during this show, they played Graves and Dave did a wonderful tonight interpolation uh, during the jam, which we had talked about earlier on the podcast. And uh, this has been done a handful of times, and I believe the last time was November 17th, 2010. Uh, found that little oh, okay. gem of the video on Copper Pot's Instagram. So it's a pretty cool interpolation. I'm glad, I'm glad Dave uh, pulled that out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's always been a perfect way, you know, if you want to throw some lyrics over the outro of Liner Graves, I don't know why, but those just work so perfectly. And that's a cool nod that Dave did there. It seems like he's been, you know, paying attention to little things like that. We've got the 41 open on the 41st show, a little wonderful mm -hmm. tonight right before Clapton comes to town. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And um, so was the return of Say Goodbye. Yes. Hello. Oh, Brendan Kane is happy. <laughs> Somewhere, Brendan Kane is happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like, you know, the beginning of the show, like some songs that have been 
uh, missing for a few shows or were played early on and kind of ditched um, whatever came out. You know, we had the Squirm, um, Stay or Leave Billies had been gone for a few shows, Say Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rest of the show was kind of back to the normal stuff yeah. until we get to Pig right before the Bayou Closer. Pig, awesome, right before the end of the show. I mean, you don't see Pig in the main set really that deep normally no. um, maybe in the encore or maybe early on in the show but that's pretty cool yeah very cool and one other thing just looking at the set uh of note is no do you remember and instead come tomorrow in the four slot so yes hmm yeah i'm sh- do that- you remember i think has the most plays uh this tour so Skip tonight. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's really really rare that it doesn't get played, and it's also really really rare that you see any mention of the Dreaming Tree. And oh. Dave teases it in uh, the E one slot here solo, and I'm not sure what spurred this, what led him to do this. If he just did it, if there was a sign, if someone whispered in his ear backstage. Um, if he met someone, I don't know the story. So maybe someone knows this story, knows why. But, you know, a verse or so of the Dreaming Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, bring it back full band, guys. I mean, come on. Standing here, your man said to play the full thing oh yeah can you imagine if the encore was actually dreaming tree last stop into watchtower (laughs) that'd be Mm. amazing gosh talk about all-time encores yeah and that i mean it was in and of itself it was a great encore it looks like to me yeah uh, but yeah, if you have a 10, 15 minute dreaming tree, then a full last stop, then a watchtower. Oh man, that'd be an hour long encore almost. But <laughs> we can't get too greedy. No, no, we can't. <laughs> All right. Well, there was one more show that happened uh, last night, 9 11, that we don't know anything about yet. Well, I don't know if it was last night. Anyways, it was Dave Solo. We're speaking of Dave Solo. Dave Solo at the SiriusXM Studios, the garage. And we know nothing about it. But it will be played in full, I believe, on SiriusXM today, Thursday, the 12th. Um, so you will not be hearing this before it comes out. But hopefully it was something pretty cool. And it's always unique and awesome to hear Dave do solo work. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, we didn't win the raffle. What the hell? I don't think anyone did. I think it was fake. <laughs> if we didn't win, no one won. Yeah, gosh. I can't believe they didn't want to have the Gray Street Pod um, present for that. But I mean, that's imita- right. yeah, it would have been yeah, it would have been pretty epic. But you know, they don't. Whoever they is, they don't like epic things. It was Ari. <laughs> Ari and crew. <laughs> Just kidding. They did a cool like giveaway uh, one morning this week. Oh, wow. That would have been uh, cool to win as well. I mean, geez, I need to get on my listening game or do something to be able to win some of this stuff. But regardless, we're done with those shows, and we're going to move on to one from back in time. Oh, it's 
This week in DMB history returns with September 10th, 2000 from Lakewood Amphitheater in gorgeous Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And this week had a lot of options, Nolan. We had a lot of things that we could do. This week was busy in DMB history. There's so many things, starting out with the famous Dave Solo show from DKE House at UVA, 9-11-92. Bruce, you were at the show, right? Yeah, I believe. I was three years old and was ready to go to UVA um, about 15 years later. And it's, it's the fun, it's the famous decal show. I don't I don't know much more to say. I mean, you had Dave Solo, Blue Water, Penis Song that everyone knows. It's the unknown song where, you know, Dave had been referencing, I believe, the penis that the frat bros were drawing on everyone's hands to get entrance into the show. Uh, sounds about right. Once on a Wild Afternoon, which was a, is another kind of unknown song. Mm. That uh, made its appearance here. But yeah, it's a pretty famous show. I think most people know about it. We thought about doing that one, but we didn't want to just strictly do a Dave solo. Yeah, maybe some sometime we will. Um, you know, other shows of note. Listener supported 9-11-99, 20 year anniversary. Holy cow. Yeah, make sure you guys give that show a re-listen this week. That is some Leroy Moore specialties right in your face for that DVD. Oh, yeah. hmm. oh and another great DVD is the Gorge O2 release, which that was performed 17 years ago this week. Yep, and then 15 years since the Golden Gate Park show uh, where Santana guested Live Tracks 2 uh, on Jeez. September 12th. Yeah. And another, the next year was live at Red Rocks, the Weekend on the Rocks four-night weekend. That's been 14 years. That was also uh, this week. And Nolan, I believe you have an idea. If you've ever seen the movie Get Him to the Greek, uh, same thing, but with DMB and Red Rocks next year for 15 years since they've played at Red Rocks. That is way too long <laughs> to go. Such a legendary band and venue should not be apart for that long, so... Get DMB to Red Rocks. That's Please. that's the movement. Oh man, I would love that. Um, you know, a nice two to three, maybe four nights. A great weekend at the Rocks again would be awesome. It's also been twelve years since Piedmont Park, which was September eighth of um, two thousand seven. I know. And another two thousand seven show was Live Tracks forty two at West Palm on um, September fourteenth. I mean, good lord. Yeah, and then seven years ago since Away From The World was released on uh, 9-11. And yeah. Gosh, seven seven years and only one album since. That's uh makes me sad. Yeah, it's a shame. And seven years and it's already disappeared while yeah. Stand Up still gets played to death for some Sheesh. reason. Oh, speaking of Stand <laughs> Up, uh, one other show to note. Ugh is nine ten eighteen. We talked about maybe doing oh, this yeah. since they brought in the uh, symphony uh, at the uh, Hollywood Bowl. And I really just wanted to talk about this show so we could rip Mark Batson because uh, he <laughs> promised the shotgun would be played. And was it played, Mark? No. So you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, um, but he did guest on a couple of songs. I believe 
the uh, debut of When I'm Weary, and I like that yeah. song, by the way. And, yeah. of course, Bayou, and I'm sure he rocked the house. Um, but that is a pretty unique show with the um, with the symphony up there. And we did actually strongly consider it, but alas, F that. We went to 2000, one of the be- – yeah, a better show. One of the best years of the band, um, and actually, uh, surprisingly – John Mayer opened for this show, and he did not guest, but um, I believe a member of his band did, which is a little tease for later. But the band came out on fire, Nolan, as they opened with The Stone. What a great way to open a show. Oh, yeah, and I'm not going to let you forget that the other opener, there were two openers, and one was Vertical Horizon. How dare you forget Vertical Horizon? (laughs) That's, uh, it's just... Hard for me staple to of the you know, 90s. picture that. I think of a, vir- of a horizon as horizontal, and they're talking about vertical. It's just confusing. <laughs> yeah, but stone opening shows is not confusing. That that needs to happen, and it did here, and we loved it. Yeah, we did. And um, drive in, drive out right after, which is always... Those two paired together, they seem to be um, brother-sister mm-hmm. kind of thing back in 99, 2000-ish. Um, especially 2000, and I miss that. I want more of that. Have not seen Dido in a while uh, these days, so same with Stone. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And uh, next up, Gray Street, an extended Gray Street, obviously with the third verse, a few different lyrics mixed in, but when this came on, I couldn't help but think to compare it to current day Gray Street and how just completely different they sound. So I think we should compare the two. So first you're going to hear the opening to this show, Gray Street, 2000 Gray Street, and next you'll hear a 2019 Gray Street, uh, and we'll just see what you think. Yes. Yeah. 
the stark differences there are incredible. Uh, back in the day, you know, it's prominent Dave. You've got his guitar is very loud. You know, he's dominating the song with his improv lyrics. I mean, I guess they were starting to become a little more fleshed out um, at this point. Yeah. But there's still some improv in there. You know, set, there's three verses. There's like, um, you know, the chorus is a little different and extended. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter was absurd on Gray Street back in the day. You get you get some more Boyd and, um, you know, some light Roy, and it's awesome. And now it's sped up. The way Carter does the intro um, the, to start the song isn't quite the same. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um yeah, and you know, then you have the horns, which are just a very loud and prominent canned horn part. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into this a little later too. But uh, you hear, you really only hear Roy toward the end of this song uh, during the jam yeah. when he goes off, and uh, I mean, it's incredible. But just to see the way it's changed um, so much in 19 years, I mean. For a song where they have only cut the third verse out of, it's just, other than that, it's still completely different. Yeah, it is. And I used to love the little things that Roy threw in there yeah. during some of the verses and at the end of the chorus as well, just some of his lines. And now the horns do try to copy that. It's just not the same. Roy had that touch. And you know, another song that he really had the touch on was Busted Stuff. And it comes in here at the five hole. And man, I miss that song. One of the songs that I've never seen. So this is great stuff from Dave. I'd love to see this song make a return. Yeah, and I love the, you know, the guitar part that he would play. Yeah, and you know he did some good stuff with his voice. He could be able to hit those um, high falsettos, and Roy is beautiful on it. I think there's some playing in the background here. But you know what? We're gonna bring some to the foreground. We're gonna let you hear the outro here with uh, Leroy and Mr. Dave Matthews and just enjoy busted stuff and please play it again. Maybe next year, guys, bring it back.
And another song that we desperately want to see back in the mix is For the Beauty of Winona. A friend of ours out here that's uh, from here in Atlanta. A good friend met him a few years ago. I play a little bit of guitar with us. Name of David Ryan Harris. And oh man, if you listen to our Norlander episode, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, um, episode eleven. Uh, he claims this is a top five DMB cover song, and we agree. This is so good. Oh, yeah. There is no doubt about it in my mind. And especially this version, when you add David Ryan Harris on the guitar. Are you kidding me? Um, I mean, oh, he provides two solos here, which are both great. But this song, Daniel Lanois song, by the way, is yeah. Just is so great for DMB. Dave's vocals for this are just so money, and they have this just driving force that goes throughout this entire song. That just it builds, you know, it builds kind of Dave's solo, and boom, just kind of kicks in and turns into this like, Arr! and then it kind of eases off again. He eases off the pedal. It is such tension release. I don't know. It's it's one of my favorites. Like you said, top five cover. And I love it, and I really do miss it. It's been gone for a long time, too. Yes, it has, and this was the tour debut of it, and it's been stuck in my head uh, since listening to it the other day. So, yeah, let's play it.
Man, it has been 17 years since DMB played this what? song. And yeah, 16 if you wow. count Dave and Tim, but 17 uh, going back to 2002 full band. So that's a, that's a crime. Yeah. That's a penalty. Dave yeah. should be in the penalty box for that. Well, I know. He is. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. And, um, you know, they continue the. Mr. Uh, Harris is going to come out a little later, but they continue the set with too much, and this one is funky as hell. I think back in these days they all were, but Butch just added so much to this song, and this kind of reminded me of it, and it was really cool. It's a perfect example kind of of putting his instrument and him in particular and that sonic diversity that that instrument brings just to great use, and it's just wow, 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 and it was really cool, and it fades right into a song that was starting to kind of fade and did fade after this. Sad. The final ever version of number 36. Oh. Here we are in DMB history, and we're going to have a history lesson, folks, because I wanted to talk about number 36 for a moment. Um, I'm sure most of you know that it was, you know, kind of first played and written for Chris Haney, a you know a South African uh, National Congress official that was fighting for f- the South African freedom during apartheid, and he was murdered. And it was written during a sound check in '93. And um, you know here it is. It was kind of like a dedication to Hani. And so you had the at the beginning you had the Hani Hani, and um, you know not too far after that. Actually, July of that year, you saw the Hani Hani dropped. Um, the lyrics that were about him being murdered were fading away. They were gone. And it became a song that was kind of evolved to more of an inspirational jam about freedom. Uh, Dave would scat. Uh, Carter just began these solos that are just unbelievable. And, you know, that was what was the bread and butter of the song, honestly. And then in 94... Um, in October of 94, Dave said that he changed the lyrics from Honey to Honey to fit more with the song's mood. This is according to the Almanac. So I have to apologize to anyone that I've ever corrected and said in every day, uh, it's Honey, not Honey. Well, apparently it's Honey and has been for about 50, uh, 25 years. Um, so when Dave does sing Come and Dance With Me, it's definitely more fitting that it's Honey instead of Honey. Uh, but it's kind of, they're homophones, so it's kind of impossible to tell what he's saying, but it's kind of clear. You can tell that it's honey, I guess. <laughs> kind of makes more sense, Nolan. Yeah, it definitely makes more sense. We have been correcting people about that for a while when, I guess we were technically right, but also <laughs> technically wrong. So yep. it's a wash, so we're good. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean... Dave would mention Chris Haney up to about 95, but not really ever after that. Um, you know, in 96 to 2000, which is this show, it became kind of more of a rare treat. Lyrics shifted, kind of being more to like about a girl and a guy, like a high school dance or something, and the girls there shy in the corner. Um, and then we fast forward to post Lily White sessions when Dave kind of saw himself as being in a songwriting rut. And he goes to meet with Glenn Ballard. And this was one of the songs, actually, that he tried to make something out of because it was one of his happier songs. And what happened, Nolan, to 36? Oh, it became every day. Oh, yes, it did. And (laughs) 
the fans kind of weren't happy with that, and maybe we still aren't quite happy with it. I mean, every day's okay, but 36 had just some great stuff to it. This version in particular doesn't really have the things that made 36 great. I mean, no. it does have some Dave scat. It does have the Boyd plucking, um, but they added in a Butch solo. I guess they were kind of like throwing him a bone. But, um, you know, you mentioned that it sounded like he was just kind of meandering and it kind of petered yeah. out. And it did. It just wasn't the same 36 that we knew and loved. No, it's a shell of itself. And honestly, this might be a hot take, but if the song was going to continue being played like this, I'm glad it became every day because uh, I feel like this one just goes nowhere. Yeah. It's just kind of there. And they seems like they're not interested, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell why it was never played again. I mean, yeah. it just kind of seemed like, ah, oh, it's, it's here. It kind of used to be one of those songs that they would, it almost seemed like they were really up for playing. Like, you know, it got them going. Carter and everyone, just, it was a happy song. And this one, you know, you can tell that it's just kind of, oh, okay. So they just kind of played it. Yeah. No, seriously. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that Dave thought post Lily White Sessions he was in a songwriting rut. This is what's so fascinating about this time period in the band. Like, he just he wasn't in a songwriting rut. Like, <laughs> why did he think that? Like, the Lily White Sessions were insanely good and fully fleshed out songs. A perfect follow-up to BTCS. And they loved playing these songs during the 2000 tour. Like, I honestly just, I don't get it. And that's why we need the Norlander Lily White Sessions pod. I just need yeah. to know. I need to know everything about this time period because it's a mystery. It really is. And I don't know even if that will uncover everything, but hopefully it'll help. And I can't wait. And you're saying that they played these songs a hell of a lot in 2000. I mean, here we come on JTR right here in this show. It was played 42 times that year, uh, that tour. Oh. Um, and that's, I mean, JTR, 42 times in a tour is like, I mean, how about some variety, Dave? I mean, geez, that would be so incredible if it was played. That would be like every show of this tour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be awesome. And we've played it a few times on the pod. We're going to play it another time. Um, Good. The end of the song. And hey, you know what? This one's for you, Norlander.
Oh man, I you know Norlander's right. I love the end of that song. It is one of the best things DMB does. Carter on his tom drums, um, so awesome. And you know Grace is gone comes in here. This is almost a country song according to Dave, and it is because there's a little bit more Boyd there at the beginning and throughout. Um, yeah, which is pretty awesome. I think you know he drowns out Roy's solo a little at the end, but they were still kind of getting their footing on that song back in 2000. Yeah, they were, but you know, a song that they were not getting their footing on was Warehouse, and Ooh. holy cow, Duh. Warehouse back in the day, I mean, it was a monster, still is, just different. Uh, Carter just is in attack mode on this song, and we talked about it kind of earlier, but it's just, it's crazy how different the band sounds, and it really stuck out to me on Warehouse, where you know, back then you have fewer people playing instruments on stage, and yet they pack like this crazy powerful punch, but it still breathes and it isn't too loud. Um, yeah. And it's just impressive. And that I think is what made them so great back in the day. And now it's just like, I feel like the band and Dave in particular, just like play it loud. Let's be loud. Yeah. Balls to the wall, baby. I mean, yeah. they can still do that and they do it well. They do it very well when they do it. It's just right. Not very often. The song they do play often, though, and always have, is Jimmy Thing. <laughs> and this is a great version. Great segue. Yes, thank you. Uh, great version. They bring out David Ryan Harris again, and he gets in a groove on this one. Oh, yeah. He um, you know, he throws down a solo, and he, he begins to play that angel riff that Dave had played you know, as an intro to Jimmy Thing there for a while. And then Dave kind of joins in with him, and they match it, and then... Uh, David Ryan Harris kind of solos over that, over that, and then Dave begins to solo, which is yeah. always awesome, and that we miss on Jimmy thing. I think we played one recently, yeah. um, and then you get some Dave and Butch stuff in there. Carter's always awesome, and it's just it's a good groove like throughout. I think both of us kind of had similar notes here. That it was just like, man, that was just yeah. fun to listen to. Yeah, and it's crazy because me and Dave had similar notes too, and I was like. This should be the song Angel, so you're welcome. <laughs> oh my god, it's your fault. Yeah. No, it's David Ryan Harris's fault. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Dave and Dave and Nolan. <laughs>
but it's no one's fault that besides Dave's that they close with an epic two-step and and this is you know almost a 19-minute version it is a great Dave intro as always um and his guitar is loud he does another solo again just I think he used to do it I believe you can hear one also on listener supported but back in this day um you know he would do just a small acoustic guitar solo right there in the middle after a Carter and Butch jam and this Carter and Butch jam is awesome I love the two-step Carter and Butches when they start picking it up and really getting aggressive I think they're incredible and thought that it works perfectly in this song Oh yeah, and I know in recent weeks I have not been a fan of some of Butch's playing, but Butch, this is a great show for Butch. Other than the number 36 little portion, two-step especially, he is money. Yeah, and we're going to play some of this song right here, and it's going to you're going to hear some of the Butch and Carter madness, and then Carter takes over. Right after they kind of bring it back down and slow down, Carter says, you know what, F this, and brings it back to a simmering steam just explosion, and it's incredible. So you're going to hear some of the Carter and Butch, and then Carter taking over the planet here at the end to end the main set.
awesome two-step closer and pretty cool encore of digging a ditch uh, and Punta Lanaga Pampa into Rapunzel and strong version of PNP and Rapunzel. Um, so be sure to take, be sure to give that a listen because, uh, again, Butch and Roy go off in this Rapunzel. They really do. And I really miss the way that they used to play it. But, you know, as we talked about, you know, a little earlier, it seems like kind of people are always stepping on each other's toes sometimes nowadays and a little bit more aggressive and loud. But this one is, this is just where everything is balanced perfectly. And they may be going balls to the wall, but they do it tastefully. It's just perfect. Um, yeah. And, what you know, another great end to another great show and another great segment of This Week in DMB History. Nolan, oh yeah, um, DMB present is winding up their summer tour here now. So we only have a few more shows left. It's winding down very quickly. Uh, Phoenix on Friday, nine thirteen is the final Sirius XM Friday night stream. So be sure to tune into that. They go festival mode on Saturday in the Cabo del Mar in, uh, I believe, San Diego, and then it's just a few. Random dates, you've got Dave and Tim Farmade, the See Here Now Festival in New Jersey, and then they're off to Brazil and Mexico um, wow. to end their world tour portion, and uh, that's the end of September, beginning of October. Wow, so yeah, they're they're sprint to the finish here. I forgot yep. that international stuff um, was that quickly after the tour ended. So Phoenix is the last, I guess, technical summer tour show then yeah. yeah, they've got the festivals. You got Alpine Farm Aid. Yeah. Man, that'll be. F- I, I'm excited to see the Dave and Tim again. I always love seeing that. But yeah, the tour is coming to a close, everybody. So enjoy the final SiriusXM stream. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, it'll be tonight. So tune in because this will be your last chance to hear a live DMB show for uh, 2019 on SiriusXM. Yeah, but you know what? The podcast train is going to keep going, and you can oh, you be sure to. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Gray Street Pod, uh, Facebook, the uh, corner of Gray Street Podcast. That's our Facebook page. And be sure to keep downloading the show. We really appreciate it. We've surpassed 12,000 downloads. Could not be more appreciative. And uh, still getting some more reviews and five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. So we appreciate the love. Yeah, keep it up. I mean, just five star the hell out of it, everybody, and tell your friends. Whatever, just keep spreading the word. Y'all have been incredible. We really do appreciate it. And if y'all are going to any shows this week, enjoy. Enjoy the band for the last time in 2019, probably, as we look towards uh, 2020 here in the near future. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see all of you next time on...
Hey music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy.